Live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. What's up, guys? Not sure how many people are in here right now, but just waiting for Patrick J, as well as our guest for the evening, Mr. John Tobacco. Really looking forward to this episode. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, like I said, our guests will be here in just a moment. For those who've been wondering where we are, where we have been, I think I mentioned this in our last live stream with Sonny Puzikas. Um, <clears throat> YouTube hasn't been very friendly to us, and we're, we've never really been a big fan of YouTube. So, you know, we still will continue occasionally posting these type of videos, live streams, maybe Q&A and such. But, um, yeah, we are, we've kind of changed things up a little bit. So we put all of our shows under one broadcast, that podcast network. Uh, so if you can find it, that's, it's on here on YouTube. And like I said, we will still occasionally be posting stuff like this on the uh, YouTube channel. But all of our RSS feed pretty much is now under the name of that podcast network, which includes that umbrella has all of our shows. It's me speaking to you, um, everything combat, as well as um, the conspiracy farm. So if you punch that in on most of our normal podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, you should be able to find us. And like I said, we haven't completely abandoned the old um, YouTube, but it's um, sorry. It's um like I said, it's just not really for us. We're switching stuff up. We're on Rockfin, Rockfin.com front slash that podcast network, SoundCloud, all that other good stuff. Um We got Patrick Militich here, ready to go. Pat, how we doing, brother? What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. We are waiting uh Mr. Tobacco's appearance. Just getting fired up here. Thank you guys for joining us on sort of late notice. Can you hear me, Jeff? I can. I can. It was just, uh, yeah. They don't like it. it, it literally, my, I'm. We got strong internet here, man. It never ever has. We I never have an issue. Yeah, I've got full bars, so I don't know. Yeah, no, it's not know. you. It was just. It just gave me. A, it just gave me a notice that um, it was buffering or whatever. But again, we got. Uh, very strong internet here on any other circumstance and any other situation except for when we come on here. But how you doing, brother? You doing all right? Is Johnny on? I'm sorry? Is Johnny on? No, not quite yet. Is Johnny on? No, not yet. I'm doing all right, man. Just, uh, you know, watching the developments. A lot of crazy shit going down today, dude. We do have Johnny Tobacco on the line here. Let me add him to the conversation. Great. Fantastic. How you doing, Johnny? No, I, I I don't need a Dan, but he's breaking up hard. Okay, hold on. Pat. Let me uh, try and find a, let me try and find a little better spot. Yeah, let us get it situated here. Check, 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 check. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, I'm just trying to find a, I'm just trying to, trying to find a better spot to do this, okay? Johnny, can you hear me pretty good, my friend? I hear you perfect. Great. I I'm hear just going down the road to the gas station. I'm going down the road to the gas station parking lot. Johnny, I live in a 130-year-old house that's built 
like a fortress, and I can't do shows out of the inside of it with my phone because it's freaking literally so solid. I can't hear. So, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, you're you're breaking up a little, Pat, and I think uh, Johnny said he can't hear you too well. Check, check, check. I can't hear him at all. I just hear static. Did you hear that, Pat? He just hears static right now. Yeah, let me. I'm trying to find a spot, dude. It's trying to find a spot. Stand by, ladies and gentlemen. Stand by. Appreciate you guys chiming in tonight. I'm super, super stoked to talk to this gentleman. You know, he was, um, as we see, you know, we're seeing all these different closures and restrictions, creating closures of of businesses, small businesses throughout the country. And in particular, uh, the gentleman, uh, Danny Presti, who is the manager and just affiliated with Max Public House. Um, There's been, you know, he was arrested twice. We're going to get into it. And this gentleman here, Johnny Tobacco, uh, as our guest tonight, he's on the team, not necessarily the legal team, but just the team as a Staten Islander, fellow New Yorker, supporting Danny Presti um, as we wait for Pat to get online here. It's a very important conversation that I want to have with this gentleman because this this pub, this establishment in New York is just a litmus test and, and honestly is, a, is what we're seeing all across the country as businesses are being forced to close, people are being forced into poverty. Um, an implosion of the U.S. economy via the middle class. And we're going to kind of talk about at least what's going on there in New York City and specifically Staten Island with Johnny Tobacco. Pat, are you with us? Can you hear me? You sound a little muffled, but I can hear you. Johnny, can you get hear him? Johnny? Well, look, man, conduct the interview and I'll, I'll chime in a little bit, okay? I hear Pat. Okay, good, buddy, good. Okay, perfect. Johnny Tobacco, man, I thank you so very much. I recently caught wind of who you were uh, the other day, the press conference um, outside of Max Public House. Obviously, he's been in the news quite a bit lately with a couple of arrests. And honestly, my, my hat was just so off to you guys because we talk about all the time on the show here with what's going on. You know, acquiescence is compliance, and they can't arrest us all. We have to have individuals like yourself, individuals like Danny and Keith, and it just as that great resistance, man, it, it, it has to start with some of us. So it's, it's good to see you doing it. How are you tonight, my friend? I know you've been very busy. I'm doing phenomenal. Um, liberty and justice are winning in uh, humble little Staten Island right now. Uh, Jeff, thanks a lot for you and Pat for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. I respect what you guys are doing. And uh, we really need to do more of this. We not only encourage people to get out to the rallies and raise your voice and speak up and try to get the silent majority all moving in one direction but we need more people um to innovate and find platforms where independent news broadcasters and commentators can talk and share and spread and again um when you see the silicon valley cartel what they did to this election and what they're doing to the pandemic and everything else um you really start to realize that this isn't the america we grew up in the idea of america was free thought freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and the very tenets that this country was built on, they're getting killed on the media front. Uh, I know you guys probably hit it, but um, in the last month, I've been completely banned on TikTok, okay? Um, I was on TikTok for two months. Uh, My site started blowing up, and um, 
I did a story on this guy, Charles Wade, who's one of the founders of BLM, okay? And I was talking about how the NFL and all these companies are bowing down to BLM. And, um, you know, most people don't know, but this guy, Charles Wade, was arrested in a uh, child sex trafficking ring like five years ago. So I was using sourced information from a Minnesota newspaper, a credible newspaper, and just saying the truth that, you know, if you're in line with these people, know that the two women that found it are on the record Marxists. And this guy, Charles Wade, was arrested, indicted for a child sex ring and pled guilty to a lesser charge. But, you know, is that who we want to see our major companies investing in? Um, TikTok banned me. Um, Facebook shut down my other page. I'm operating now in like a limited capacity with their you know, I'm still in appeal with them. I got banned from YouTube for a week. Google shut down my Gmail account. Okay, so I had to use like an anonymous uh, an anonymous IP to start a new Gmail so that I can have access to my G Suite. So, you know, on a lot of fronts, my friend, uh, we're doing God's work, spreading the word and the truth. Well, and I've heard, I've heard that recently. How Gmail they're they're actually flagging people's individual private messages and and emails now, which is just yep. I mean, we've seen it's just across the board, out of control. Just to give a little context, man. I mean, I've listened to you, and you know, give us a little insight of who you are, man. You're a fellow, like you said, New Yorker, Staten Islander. Your dad was a New York policeman. Give us a little background on you, sir, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, I was I, I was born in Manhattan on the Lower East side um my whole family came from a place called nicobaca village which is public housing blue collar family um my dad became a cop moved out to staten island i grew up in staten island since first grade um i'm a staten island boy through and through proud of it proud son of a cop um you know staten island many people don't know but it's the redheaded stepchild of new york city <laughs> everybody thinks new york city's all liberal um and staten island is you know MAGA country for sure and uh, we, we don't we don't even belong in this city to be honest with you but uh, spent 30 years on Wall Street I'm an inventor um, I'm a patent holder on, on a number of different technologies um, I'm an entrepreneur I've started up built uh, multiple companies I've sold uh, you know been in transactions in the last 10 years he's also the host ladies and gentlemen of Liquid Lunch which is on Biz TV I believe still Biz TV and it's uh, also right. Liquid Lunch podcast. That was, that's right. And uh, I spent the last four years on Newsmax. Um, I've recently started broadcasting on Biz TV, um, where I'm heard every day, noon to two Eastern, and we're just speaking the truth. Of course, there also. And uh, you know, I feel like um, my Wall Street career put me in a position where. I could spend time right now trying to do what I think I need to for freedom, for liberty, for my kids, really. Um, so anywhere I can find an opportunity to talk about the message and try to, you know, make people understand that this is way more than this is way more than a pandemic or a supposed pandemic. This is this is a program right now um, to see. It's an experiment, you know. I, I, it's really an experiment to see how much pressure the blue cities and blue states can put on the people and see what they'll submit to um and i've been joking around saying i'm from staten island i may be italian and everything but i ain't no guinea pig you know what i mean i don't we don't want to be experimented on we want what we were 
born into. Well, and that's, a, that's a, yeah, and that's essentially what's happening when you start talking about the vaccines. Like, hey, we haven't really tried this yet. You know, our, our older statesmen, our older people that whom we love, our grandparents, etc. They're the ones being tested on. But again, you know, even outside of any political ideology. What's happening right now, even in the election, if they're able to steal an election, if you're okay with it because you hate Trump so much, well, just wait until it happens to the person that you hate. You set a very dangerous precedent. Not you, but we've all set a dangerous precedent if we just accept this shit. And what's going on with people's – I mean, we're seeing what's happening with the stock market. We're seeing – not the stock market, but to, to the middle class, which is the driving force of our economy, literally shutting businesses down by the hundreds of thousands. People are losing their livelihood, their jobs, and even their lives from this. So this is why I was so stoked to – see you guys pushing it's back. It's absolutely crazy. You it, know, Jeff, I was Jeffrey, I was talking on Liquid Lunch today about um, you know, a little bit of an American history buff. Um, but you know, when the sons uh, when the when the Sons of Liberty started to get together covertly to meet, um, you know, history tells us that they met in taverns restaurants and churches right and this is where they held their meetings because there were other people there and they could kind of fit in and it wouldn't look like why are all these great thinkers getting together yeah. right so they met in in bars tab in taverns and, and and in churches and at the same time you know in america um we're in a war on cash right there's not enough change anymore supposedly <laughs> um when they lock down the inside of the bank and they only leave the drive-through open, that limits the amount of cash you can get out because they have limits on the drive-through, like fifteen hundred or two thousand. But if you go in the branch, you can get up to eight thousand dollars without signing a form to the government. So, by you know, a lot of the states still have inside branches by appointment only or locked, and they have limited. So, the same it starts to look to me like wait. They don't want us congregating in places where we can have free thought, like bars and taverns and, re- and and churches, houses of worship. And at the same time, what are the big money centers that cause velocity in, in currency? Bars and restaurants. So they're killing two birds with one stone by mm. killing a little businessman. They don't want us to have places of assembly. So that we can even in your own home in certain places. Yeah. Thanksgiving, you can't have more than 10 people and you got those snitch lines and snitch groups that are like calling cops or whatever on. It's just it's just full on crazy because, you know, I it's I almost hate to preface this, but it sucks that anybody's having to deal with any loved one that's had to deal with this covid situation. But when you start extrapolating the numbers, what the fuck are we doing? We are destroying our society off of something that basically 99 point whatever people survive. And that's not to say that people aren't dying. I don't think this is a hoax, etc. But the reaction, the, the, the cure is become so much worse than the disease now to the point oh. where, I mean, emergency room visits for kids being abused, domestic violence, beating their dogs, suicides, relapses, overdoses. I mean, people, again, are losing not just their livelihood, but their lives from this. And it's on its face. Like, you know, imagine our greatest generation. You know, we lament history and all the veterans and everyone who's gone and fought for this country under the values that our flag represents. And here we are now, you know, like you you had mentioned in an interview I saw a couple years ago outside of the pub. You know, Cuomo brings his fucking Gestapo down. And that's essentially what it is. And there's no real laws they're enforcing. These are, they're not ordinances. They're just orders. And it's, they're not anything. They're not anything. They're edicts. In the old days, they called it an edict. Okay. 
And the truth of the matter is, and, and I was, you know, if you saw that one, uh, I think you're talking about the one um, in front of Max when I had on like a checkered coat. Um, oh, dude, that coat is the flyest ever. Let me tell you, my friend, Giant Tobacco. I I, I need a co- that coat or something similar to it. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Well, listen, you got to look the part. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, a lot of people say, where did you get that coat? But um, I That thought, coat came from gangstersrus.com. Yeah, there you go. There he is. There he is. <laughs> now we can hear him. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? The truth of the matter is they keep telling us to follow the science. Right. And, you know, I spent 30 years on Wall Street. So one of the things I'm good at is math. I like I I like to try to bring everything down to the binary numbers, you know, and through December, through like two days ago, you know, we only every year the U.S. government has an actuarial table that suggests or supposes how many people they think will die every day from all causes. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but, you know, there's certain amount of people that are just going to die every day from something every um, day we live in a society in a world right. with risk and now well, when, you're, when you're born you're born with a death sentence nobody understands that right and and pat you know to that point every year the past 10 years our mean amount of of deaths is like 2.7 million okay some some number like 2.7 million and as an average this year we're at like 2.5. You know what I'm saying? So we're, we're below the average of total deaths. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. Where even even if every COVID was really COVID, uh, last year we had 2.9 million deaths. This year we had right now into middle of December we're at 2.5. So we're we have less death this year than 2019. Well, and, and somehow COVID got rid of uh, influenza and flu this year miraculously and pneumonia you know they they gotta they i know you know you're being polite to you know i guess social media folks but (laughs) um who who you don't want to get banned from uh, i would imagine but you know it's like the numbers are simple if 2.9 million people died in america last year from all causes and only 2.5 million have died this year there ain't much COVID in there, or or we cured everything else. If you follow me, and then right. take it to the other side of the coin, to the Max Pub, to the restaurants, to the money centers, and the war on cash. The New York State report last week said, in New York State, seventy-four percent of the spread is in the household. Okay, the contact yeah. tracing from restaurants and bars in New York State is one point four percent. So you're saying you only you have a 1.4 percent chance of getting it in a bar or restaurant, and you have a 74 percent chance of getting it at home. But we're going to send you home. And then start, you know, you start to really question, you know, what are the well, rules of sovereignty you know, for, yeah, for that? And Johnny, you know, we know, you know, Jeff and I have been talking on our show about this. I mean, our first episode almost five years ago, we were talking about, you know, the media-driven race divisions and, and everything else that was coming, right? And, uh, you know, up to two years before uh, this lockdown happened, the first lockdown nine months ago, Jeff and I were talking about asymmetrical warfare, weaponized viruses, financial collapse. And we went as far 
as to say it was going to happen in the spring of 2020. Wow. Over a year before this happened. Because, look, um, I've always followed financial metrics and things like that. I was the kid that was standing in line at five years old in 1971 with my mom and grandma when they got me up at three or four in the morning to go to the Farmers National Bank in Albia to get my grandma's cash out when the when the when the farmers uh, banks uh, there was a run on the banks to get the cash out after Nixon took us off the gold standard. So something opened my that opened something in my brain, right? So you know we've been talking about this for a long time. We've been paying attention, and my gut my gut has generally told me exactly what's going on. And you know we are in a full fledged right now asymmetrical war with China. We have been since what 2018. Since Trump started to get tough with them on on trade, but at the same time, um, where are all of almost all of pharmaceutical products made? China. Where are almost all of big tech's products made? Yeah, without so, a doubt. So these people, these CEOs, who are now the most powerful people in the world, are working on behalf of China as well as many politicians on both sides of the aisle. These people are committing treason, and if Trump is the white hat that I hope he is, there's a lot of hangings coming, brother. Well, I sure hope so. I'll tell you, um, you know, back in January, back at the end of December, when Trump cracked down on the first phase of the tariffs and um, China came to the table and, you know, allegedly agreed to not manipulate their currency anymore. Um, just a few weeks before that, they lowered the reserve rate in their banks in China from 20 percent to 10 percent. So. Um, like that run on the bank you were talking about was getting close in China um, because they said to the banks, hey, you usually have to keep 20% of your money on in a res- on reserve as deposits. They said you only have to keep 10 because people were trying to borrow more because China was having some serious problems. Now the tariff's another one. And I tell you, I'll send you guys the clip. The, the end of January, I said when this, they started talking about this Wuhan and everything, I said, this is a deflationary move by China because China has their hands tied. They promised Trump they won't manipulate their currency, and now they got tariffs against them. So they can't screw around right away, not on their long-term arc of a plan. So what they're going to do is if they can't screw around, they got to bring everyone else down to them. So when they put this yeah. pandemic out there, and they sent it to us for sure, um, <laughs> that move was instead of being able to inflate their currency like they've been doing for years, Trump put some locks on them and it would be obvious. So what they did is they launched this pandemic so that they can deflate the rest of the world and they don't go out of business. I'm telling you, this is part of what happened to us. This is definitely a larger geopolitical plan. I mean, this is, you know, individuals like Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum talking about how they're going to utilize this to move us into this this new normal this technocratic state that we're looking at but i mean god we went we went macro real fast how you how you kind of jumped on the map here sir i just want to speak specifically because this is what's happening all across the country danny presti in the max public house like i said you're affiliated with these gentlemen you you know probably frequent the spot from staten island give us a little background on what let me let's go let's go down to the street level yes sir i've been saying it at the same time, like Pat said, we're watching right before our eyes. They're trying to steal this presidential election, okay? There's no doubt. We have to stop the steal. Right down here to the micro level in Staten Island, 
Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio are trying to steal people's businesses. So we got to stop the steal on the street level and then at the national level, because whatever happens nationally, if we steal the streets and the middle class business, we're done. Okay, so I don't frequent the bar. I never met these guys before in my life. Mm. I've been on television. I've been an activist for over 20 years now. I'm a financial analyst mostly. I do some politics here and there. I've been on Newsmax for the last four years in a bunch of different roles on air. Um, but I heard about it, and I said, wait a minute. There's no possible way that it, these laws can be enforced by the police. I know the police. They would never do this. The NYPD, the real police. Yeah, okay. I went yeah. Down there. yeah, I'm sorry. I went down there to the bar, and my attorney, Lou Gelomino, is their attorney. I said, Lou, I want to meet with these guys. I went down there to the bar to meet them, and I said, hey, listen, guys, you're on to something, and I'm with you, and I got resources. I'm a broadcaster. I'm on national TV. Let me broadcast my show from here, and it makes your bar an essential business, and we can have a live audience in the bar. So they were like, holy cow, that would be great. As we're talking, the New York City Sheriff's barge in and arrest in. Okay, so now I'm like, Okay. Before before you go on, please differentiate between the sheriff's department and the New York City Police Department or the NYPD as we come to know it, because they are very different. They they have very different capacities in which they operate. The NYPD is the greatest fighting force on earth. My father was a proud member, and I respect them every time I see them. Men and women of the NYPD are what their name is. They're the finest. Okay. Now, the sheriff's department in New York City, many people in flyover country in the Midwest, the Bible Belt, they <laughs> think the sheriff is like the sheriff. You know what I mean? Like like Buford T. Justice. Like, you know, the sheriff is coming to town. In New York City, we don't have a sheriff. We have a police commissioner, and that runs the NYPD. The sheriff is a civil law enforcement agency that comes and repos your car if you have too many tickets on it. They come and shut down your business if you're behind on your corporate taxes and they padlock it, okay? The sheriff is commissioned out of the New York City Department of Finance, okay? They go around and bust stores that sell cigarettes with no tax stamp on them. You understand? Yeah. They're they're a civil enforcement agency, and they're all good men and women there too. But the thing is, their leadership is putting them in a role now that they are not trained for. This is not what they do. You know what I'm saying? They pull over taxi cabs who haven't paid their medallion fees and impound the car. I, I think you, or during that press conference, you or the, uh, Mr. Trump, um, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Jalamino called them, and it's not pejorative, but they're more revenue collectors for the state than they are law enforcement. I call them the pharaohs. I said they're the pharaohs. In the Bible, they call them the pharaohs. They're right. the tax collectors. They come. Hey, we're about to take this vehicle because you owe seven hundred dollars worth of parking tickets no i don't want you to take my vehicle well give me 700 give me 150 penalty for us coming out here right and they collect the money you want to pay them they take the money and in new york city they have a weird thing too because the sheriff actually gets a cut of the bounty if they come out and collect money or if they impound stuff they get a cut of the bounty so they're really out there for money and they don't—they're they're out there be, to, to, just to harass the public at this point because they're yeah. doing stuff they're not. 
So when we talk about Danny's first arrest, you know, Danny Presti, obviously the manager, uh, a part of the, the pub there. Arrest number one when um, December 1st, I believe it was December 1st, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it was on a Tuesday where plainclothes policemen went out, plainclothes people, you know, policemen went in there, ordered food or whatever, and he was arrested later that night. And then upon apparently being released, um, second arrest December 6th, which was on a Sunday, apparently uh, sheriff's deputies noticed stuff going on that previous or that Saturday, the day before, and then came in to arrest him that second time. It seems like that second arrest seems to be so much more controversial as we're hearing it in the news because we're hearing that Danny drove over sheriff's deputies, broke their legs, etc. I mean, why are they rolling up in black uncovered cars and, you know, like... Well, like they black. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, Pat. The first thing is, when they came in uh, on the first time, on the first, on Tuesday night, they were not plain clothes. They were in uniform. They came in. They presented themselves. They said, hey, folks, this bar is not supposed to be open. Mm. Everyone leave now. If you don't leave, you're under arrest. Most of the people left, okay? And this was Danny the first was arrest there. you're saying? The first arrest? Yes, okay. the first arrest. Okay. And when Danny was in there, my attorney and his attorney, Lou Gelomino, was in there. They came in and they said, hey, uh, you got to leave or we're going to lock you up. And he said, well, I'm not leaving my place. They said, well, we're going to take him. He told his lawyer, we're going to take him into custody. He said, my my client understands. They cuffed him. He submitted. They cuffed him. They walked him out. Everybody was going crazy, but no problem. In, out. He made his point. He was out within four hours. Okay. Right. Submitted peacefully. Here you go. I'm making my point. If you want to really arrest me, arrest me. Right? Now, Saturday night, that same week after he was out, I was there the whole night. Um People with social distancing, masks coming in, or you know, all the supposed fake guidelines. But we were going by them not to get them more aggravated, right? Right. right. Um, Danny and I closed the bar at 10 o'clock, which is the New York State time. Um, we hung out in there. We talked a little bit. We walked out at midnight, just the two of us, okay? And no one was there. We walked outside. We said, look, I guess they're not coming tonight. It's beautiful, you know? Um, congrats. Beautiful. I'll see you tomorrow. I got my car. I went to drive away. He walked to the corner and made a left. And these two guys roll up on him in like a white Honda Accord. It doesn't even look like an undercover. It's like a, mm. like, you know what I mean? And that he walks by them. And as he's walking to his car, they yell, hey, yo, Presty. Just like that. Yeah. Now they got the full black regalia on, not uniforms with badges, like the SWAT team things. Okay, with a black mask over the face and the black wool cap down to here, right? You see this. This is what you see on them, right? And they yell, yo, Presty. Now, the guy's been getting threats from Antifa, Black Lives Matter. There were some protesters there throwing bottles at the store the other night when we were in it. Okay, so he takes off. They start chasing him. He gets to his car first. He goes to pull out of the spot. The cop jumps in front of the car like this, yeah, right? Yeah. So Danny stops, and then he try, tries to nudge the guy with the car, like, get yeah. out of the way. He doesn't know. They never identified themselves. Yes. That's the that's a key point, too, man, because I saw that video. You have two people running up on you with, I'm assuming, like you said, 
previous threats, like, what are you going to do? Sit there and wait for them to shoot you or whatever it is? Especially if they're supposed to be cops and not identifying themselves. That's, I mean, in my opinion, he did the absolute normal self-preservation move that anybody would do, having people dressed up in black rolling up on you, jumping. I've never seen, uh, whatever, cops don't necessarily roll like that, jumping on your hood and then holding on. The cop was in a position where was in a position here where he's never been trained to do this. Now he's trying to effectuate a street arrest, right? Where he's not trained. The the they, we we find out after that they had twenty officers, twenty deputies around the area and unmarked cars, right? I've had number of NYPD specialists, NYPD NYPD training folks, and they said. Not no NYPD team of twenty people would ever let that guy get in his car, right? In the first place, because they'd have his car blockaded in. So if he ran when he got there, um, NYPD retired, running for New York City mayor, and he was a trainer for the NYPD, and he said, in no way, shape, or form has any NYPD officer in history been trained. To jump on the hood right. of the car. Yeah. If you if you're dumb enough to set up your 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 trap and let the guy get in his vehicle, then you got to get out of the way or use deadly force if you think your life is in. But you don't jump on the hood and hang on. It was like the Keystone cops were out there. Well, and I would I, what. It... And I know, and I don't know actually if, how many other. I think there's like several thousand businesses that have been shut down in uh, New York, specifically kind of the New York City area. Do, do you have any thought as to why there's they got such a hard-on for you guys? The video I saw from two weeks ago, uh, I think you were on Newsmax, but they panned, and there was like 10, 20 cops guarding the front of the establishment. Like, don't they have any other things to do right now? I mean, you shut it down. What's what's the what's specifically, why, why do you guys have the bullseye? Just because you're pushing back, I'm assuming. Well, listen. Yeah, because you know when 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 the king um, wants to press his thumb down further, of uh, the thumb of oppression on the peasants, hmm. the ones that speak up, they want to crush them in the town square because they want everybody to be afraid to speak up. So when you're the guys that keep speaking up, then they think a bigger hammer is going to work. But what they don't realize is the big hammer is not working on us. We're that now this. We're not some limousine liberals from the Upper East Side that are going to go run to our doorman buildings, okay? We're going to keep fighting back. And we got a lot of blue-collar, blue-blood folks out here. Um, Just as a point of reference, I'll give you one example. In 2015 Republican primaries, Donald Trump got 83% of the vote in Staten Island, New York, okay? It was whole country, okay? So... Staten Island is Trump country, but listen to this. Only 40% of Staten Island are, are registered Republicans. One-third of the one third of the Democrats on Staten Island in this election right now voted for Donald Trump. So we're a true melting pot of people that are not just about blue or red or all this other crap. We're regular folk, and we all think the same, of the, the, the larger majority of us, and it's just not going to happen. So I'm broadcasting from the yeah. every single day. The bar's open. We're giving away free beer. You can come in mm. and watch the show. We have a, I have a live audience, just like Saturday Night Live is doing. 
and you can't do anything about it. Beautiful, dude, beautiful. So let's talk Cuomo and, and de Blasio, dude. You know, has anybody done research on where they're getting their money, uh, if it's coming from big tech, big pharma, uh, it, we know that, uh, Chinese interests. You know, I, I want to know who's paying these people off as well as, you know, Gavin Newsom and, and the, you know, the governor of Michigan and other states that are, that are just literally torturing their citizens. I want to know uh, which ones are getting paid. And we know Gavin Newsom sent a California taxpayer check of, gosh, what was it, $500 million to China? Uh, for uh, a bunch of so-called uh, supplies for COVID. Yep, crazy. I, I, I don't. I, I haven't looked into Andrew Cuomo's um, donors because, quite frankly, you know, if you remember a few years back, they got all this money from Obama for the. They called it the Buffalo Billions Project, where um, they were going to reinvigorate the manufacturing and they were going to build solar plants in upstate New York, and all this money came pouring in. Eight hundred million dollars came pouring in to build these high tech centers, and uh, nothing happened whatsoever. The whole thing was a complete and utter bust. The company Solyndra, I think, went in there; they went out of business. Mm. And um, uh, Governor Cuomo—I call him Don Cuomo Leone. That's my name for him. <laughs> he runs—he runs New York State like a mob boss. He's Don Cuomo Leone. Him and his little brother Fredo. Um, what happens is. After the Buffalo Billions Project blows up, Don Cuomo Leone's right-hand man um, is investigated for this kickback scheme. And that guy right now is sitting in jail for embezzling millions of dollars of taxpayer money. And he never went bad on Cuomo. So, he, you know, he's not a rat. Um, but Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's right-hand man sits in jail today for embezzling millions and millions of dollars from this Buffalo Billions project. So I don't think Cuomo, I, I, I don't know about China, um, but I can tell you this guy's one of the more corrupt guys out there. And at one point, the corruption in New York State, and as soon as the Moreland Commission started knocking on Andrew Cuomo's door, he then went to jail. So uh, there's nothing there's nothing sane about what's going on in New York. I don't know where his money's coming from, but I bet he's in cahoots with Gavin Newsom and Phil Murphy and the rest yeah. of these libs. It's, it's, it's bizarre where they're trying to take I mean, this. everybody's just been scratching their head how they've allowed so much of this stuff to go on with, you know, burning down stuff, occupation spots of, of you know, you know whatever they're calling them, Chaz. Etc. And that's what's kind of the irony. It's, you know, it's, you know, Governor Cuomo declares you know that particular establishment there in Staten Island an orange zone, and almost in a tongue-in-cheek kind of pushback. Um, you know, the guys over there at the pub called an autonomous zone, which is cool. I mean, it's it's there. That this is. I hate to say again, or I need I need to say again, this needs to be a ripple effect for small businesses around the world. Um, I hope people can hear me. I think we broke up a little bit, but this is. The middle class economy is kind of based off, like you said, the food and service industry, just these basic middle class jobs. And they're taking those away and they're making people choose between following an, an, an edict, if you will, not even an ordinance that's legally enforced or making a living. And we already saw the ramifications of this first lockdown. Like I said before, 
God, the numbers of just people losing their lives, losing their livelihood, placed into poverty, and now they're asking people to do it again. That's why I was so heartened to see your pushback and other people's pushback because, again, acquiescence is compliance. And it the only way this shit goes down is because we go along with it. But, I mean, again, we all need to follow your lead. And if you could I probably advocate for other small businesses or kind of reach out to other small businesses, like people need to this, – this conversation needs to reverberate because we can't, we can't do this again. We cannot do this again because, I mean, the implosion well, economic well, – I can, I can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you this, uh, and you guys ahead, can spread it around to your audience and direct anyone to me. Um, I'm part of the Biz TV network. 80% of uh, our audience identifies as a small business owner or an entrepreneur. Okay, we go to 40 million homes in America, but we're growing. And um, I'm empowered right now by the network. They're fully behind what we're doing. And if any bar or restaurant owner in the entire country wants to declare that their restaurant or bar is now a news bureau, I will sign you up as an affiliate of Liquid Lunch. You put one webcam in your studio, $20 webcam. I'll connect you and your studio. And I can get every bar and restaurant in America essential tomorrow. See, that's, some, that's awesome. Something, dude, this is something Never. that all, would be, uh, all Jeff and I, yeah. excuse me, Jeff and I need to do this for, for the bars and restaurants in Iowa and Missouri. That's right. Go to a, go to a, you go, um, you go to some bar or restaurant, you set up in there and you say, we're broadcasting the news live from here okay and it's an essential location then so they can have 50 percent occupancy inside if their bar if their uh, liquor license is currently like suspended or on hold or they can't operate then what you do is you charge everybody 20 dollars for a ticket to come see the show and you give them free beers during the show and everybody's wow. happy. That's incredible. That's nice incredible. loophole. Nice loophole. That's a nice end around. No, absolutely. So that's hugely important. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. Because you had said that before in, in the press conference, and I, I didn't – I thought that's I'm what you – I'm there every day. I just got home right now. I was, I was there all day today. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen. As a as a loophole and a possible end around, I don't know if this to, is – Go ahead, Jeff. sir. Oh. Go ahead, bud. Jeff, if, if you could um, – you could tell your uh, viewers and listeners later on. I don't know if you do some other stuff, but if anybody asks you, you go to speakeasynews.com. Speak. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Please stand by as we're giving the remedies. We're getting the notice of more interruptions. Just hold on one second. Mr. Tobacco was just about ready to lay out speakeasy news. I'm sorry. Yeah, just just as we got into the solutions, they threw us off again for a hot second. Speakeasynews.com. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Sir? I have my website is there. It's called speakeasynews.com. It's laid out pretty simply. Cost you nothing if you don't have if you have a webcam you can connect in an hour in a minute um, if you don't have a webcam you got to go buy one for twenty bucks we'll leave it on twenty four hours a day um, when you have somebody in there every 
four or five hours, you got to go in front of the camera and give us a little COVID report on what's happening in your neighborhood. And uh, it also serves as like a watchdog because, you know, cops, sheriffs, deputies all over the country are coming to places and harassing and intimidating people. And you don't think to stop pulling out your phone while they're trying to steal your business. But you got one camera in there. It's like a national surveillance system. So, Johnny, is that something that, that's like obviously nationally kind of implemented? If you wanted to, I mean, as far as being essential, a TV studio. Anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's such a huge, huge kind of cheat code, man. If you set up a webcam. Everyone's got a podcast nowadays. Some are cooler than others. Of course, we're the coolest. But, you know, just like you said, just set yourself up in your establishment and you become an essential business. I don't know how that works as far as later on tax, liquor license, declaring yourself as a restaurant. I don't know about that. I, I, obviously, this is kind of new news to me. But if this is legit. Well, yeah, look, look, it's uh, the loophole is this. If you're not if you own the if you if you have to pay your rent, right? They, your liquor license can't operate right now or whatever, but you still have to pay your rent, right? If some movie studio comes along and says, hey, while you guys are out of business, um, how about, what do you say we'll pay you uh, 500 bucks a day to uh, let us use it as a, as a movie set? You would say, yeah, great, okay, cool. how many days can we get? It'll help us pay the rent, right? Um, so that's what, you know, all the Hollywood elites are doing. That's the lady in California crying. Her restaurant's closed. But they're shooting a movie right next door, and they have tents yeah, and they're all food I saw and drinks that. and everything. I saw that. Right? Yeah. So, the, the, you, there's a loophole there. There's a loophole there that exists for the Hollywood elites and the folks at Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, ostensibly, everyone who comes in your place bought a ticket to come in, and they're an extra in your show. And they can drink beers. They got to sit. That, is whatever, that something? People, it, whatever your state rules are. Is that something Max Public House can do? Like tomorrow? Like set up, you know, you or whomever set up some cameras inside there to kind of negate. We're doing it. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're doing it. So now they can remain open. I'm there. I've been broadcasting there for the last five days. Nice. Johnny Tobacco bringing the pain. They're, wow. Their hands, are, their hands are tied. We're stepping up the pressure. We're doing, uh, we're actually, because Saturday Night Live thought it was cool to start making fun of a bunch of people who were at the end of their rope. Um, what yeah. we're doing at the studio is we're doing our own comedy show on Saturday nights at 1130, uh, the same time as Saturday Night Live. So I guess we'll see this Saturday if the sheriff wants to come back to town. But uh, we're live, we're local. If they're going to lock me up, they're going to do it on national TV. Yeah. Well, and even on its face again, man, they're just not even trying to hide this. Why is it, you know, your Max's public house and any number of gyms or restaurants or bars have to make that decision of following some bullshit order and making a living, but a Lowe's, uh, a Walmart. I mean, you, they flock them in there by the hundreds and all they got to do is wear a mask. It's, it's so on its face what they're doing. That's why I think it's so essential that this kind of resistance, this kind of pushback happens. Because it's, you know, again, it's it's a version of reality, man. They're, they're just turning us into fucking, you know, mental slaves and physical slaves. And it's just... No doubt. No well, doubt. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. When I go to the grocery store, I deliberately smile at everyone and stare them in the eye uh, <laughs> while I'm not wearing a mask and everyone else is. And you can see, it's kind of amazing. Try this sometime, guys. The women who see a man without a mask who confidently smiles at them and stares them in the eye, 
they smile back and they're almost, <laughs> almost they're literally almost comforted by an alpha male smiling back, back at them and going this, this, this is the way a motherfucking alpha roll right here well who knew this who knew this but aside from being you know an amazing champion uh he also has uh Super, super special vision powers. You can see a woman smile through a mask. I love it. Yeah. You're damn right, buddy. You can see it in the eyes. You can see it in the eyes. And I tell you what, dude, um, the, the beta males, the beta males will stare at the goddamn floor when I smile. No doubt about that. Those pussy motherfuckers. We are absolutely at war with China. We are absolutely at war with big tech, big pharma. No question. Valley, as you mentioned, there is no, there is no more holding back. Jeff and I have told people this was coming for years. We have tried to explain what was coming, and as soon as Trump got tough on China with trade, we knew that this was going to go down. And when, now imagine Jeff and I studying enough geopolitical and domestic policy and knowing this was coming, imagine my reaction. I said this last night on our podcast. Imagine my reaction when some moron tells me to put a mask on. I want to snatch them up by the neck and shake the fucking life out of them. It's insane <laughs> dealing with these people. Imagine being the poor soul who told Pat to take his, put a mask <laughs> right? on. Yeah, I, I have chewed I, some asses, bro. I have chewed some asses. You have, no idea. you have no idea the scoldings. So did I tell the story last night, Jeff? I don't remember about the guy in Kansas. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm driving back from a show in Kansas. I stop at a gas station to put, put gas in my vehicle. I go into a gas station. I go to the bathroom right away. I come out of the bathroom, walking down the hallway, come out. There's like a guy that's my height, 5'10", 320 pounds. Uh, with a mask oh, yeah. on, shakes his head, no, you know, big no movement by his head. I go, something wrong with your fucking neck? And he goes, you're not wearing a mask. And I go, I don't need to wear a mask. I have an immune system. He goes, it's not about you. It's about everybody else. I said, all right, everybody else, we're going to start with you. You've never given a fuck about your health at one any point in your life. You've been stuffing donuts in your face your entire goddamn life. And now suddenly me wearing a mask is going to save your fat ass. And there was like 10 people in the in, in the gas station and they're all mortified staring at the floor they want no part of this conversation and i'm just this is the way i treat these people i'm not going to take their shit i like it and that's the only way that this really kind of ends in this mass movement you know not to get too deep down the rabbit hole because we're wrapping up here but the, it's, this is a massive psyop yes people are being hurt by this but the things that they're utilizing uh they're, they're the draconian measures that they're piggybacking. I'm sorry. What did you say? No, I, you, I think you were breaking up a little bit. But, oh yeah, uh, I was. No, just I, like... I, 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 go ahead, bud. We got it. Maybe maybe next week I maybe next week I can get you guys to uh, Skype into Liquid Lunch. Um, That'd be we awesome. Can't curse. We'd love we can't that. curse. We'd love but that. other than that. Um, why don't we have a little round table uh, Monday next week? I'll reach out to you, Jeff, uh, Monday. Let's do it. And we'll set it up middle of the week. You come on Liquid Lunch. We'll kick it around. And Can I cuss on your show? No. 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 That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm joking. 
I'm joking. I know I can't. I'll well, a, a, again, that would be great, man, because this word needs to spread. Again, the only way this shit Absolutely. is able to to work is if we acquiesce to it. You know, this this fear based trauma that the social engineers have been using us forever have us where we are right now, where we're we're afraid of something that ninety nine point whatever percent of people survive, and they're destroying lives on a global scale, man, and it's just not persist. I mean, the fucking the the jacket you were rocking, Johnny Valent, or I'm sorry, Johnny Tobacco. It was absolutely beautiful. That's one of the things that first caught my eye. I'm like, holy shit! And when I hit it, you guys were just bringing the pain, man. All of you guys, Louis, all of you guys are standing up because this isn't just about necessarily Max Public House. They're just they're just a parenthesis of the infinite, oh. infinite, infinite craziness that's happening throughout this country of people again losing their lives, their livelihood, and their businesses. It's so fucking unfortunate. So I thank no you. So very much hey, for pushing hey, back, I'm man. Glad, I'm, I'm really thankful for reaching out. I'm glad we got to wrap a little bit. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna hit you back on Monday, and we'll set something up next week. You guys come on my show. Let's do, do it. Hey, shout us out. Where can we track you down? The podcast, anything you got going on? Where can we follow Johnny uh, Tobacco, my friend? Well, um, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Johnny Tobacco. And uh, on YouTube, you can find us at Liquid Lunch TV. It's an easy one. Liquid Lunch TV. Yeah, I was following some of those. I love it. And the speakeasy. So, you know, I love it. It's kind of got that uh, enjoying yourself, having a good time kind of vibes, man. Johnny Tobacco. Well, that's my website if anybody wants to get some info. I appreciate your time, my no friend. Doubt. Still, I mean, guys, thanks a lot. All the best to you, Mr. Danny Presti, the whole bar, uh, Louis Gelamino, the whole crew. You guys are doing fucking the Lord's work over here, man. Continued success, and we will talk soon, my friend. All right. Johnny, Pat. You there still, Patrick? Oh, I'm the only one here. All right, winding down. Thank you for everybody was here that was here. I apologize for any of the interruptions. We just kind of deal with that. I don't know what's going on. We hit a lot of interference. I don't know if I need to up my internet, whatever. But we tend to get a little bit more breakup when we start doing this shit. But I thank you guys all so very much. Um, again, we haven't gone anywhere necessarily. We're not necessarily pumping out as much content as we were when all of this started. But you can find us everywhere the conspiracy farm was. We've kind of switched it to put a big umbrella that all of our other shows are under. It's called That Podcast Network. That's why our YouTube name has changed. If you punch that on SoundCloud, Spotify, everything else, that's kind of where we're at. So you get uh, this show, you get It's Me Speaking to You, the show I host by myself, as well as um, uh, Everything Combat, the other show that I co-host with Pat. We've had on George Foreman. It's, it's just mostly about, the tagline is, you know, because life is a fight. Everything Combat, because life is a fight, and it's, because it is, and 2020 is showing us just that. But it's listening and talking to people who've overcome a lot of crazy, heavy, heavy shit to uh, transcend that tale of woe to really kind of become who they are. Whether it was George Foreman or you know Dan Gable, um, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, just a, a myriad of people, man. So I appreciate you guys' support. I appreciate your patience. Again, we're also on Rockfin, uh, that podcast network on Rockfin, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Spotify, etc. Thank you guys all so much. Uh, I appreciate you guys. And again, we're not a huge fan of YouTube, but we will still occasionally come back in and drop these. Obviously, these will be added to our, our, our normal catalog as well, but sometimes uh, we'll just pop in here, do a Q&A. I felt this conversation with Mr. Tobacco was something that required a little bit of sense of urgency just because 
again, people's lives, livelihood, businesses are being shut down all over the country over something that almost 99% of people survive. And we have so many other things that people die from. We just don't do this to, to businesses. So, again, we just have to go say, you know, feast on a satchel of Richards, man, when they try to shut our shit down. It should never be one of these things where we're making a choice between living our life and making a, a livelihood and following not even laws, just like orders that's not even really legally enforceable. So peace and so much love, you guys. Um, I'm a grandpa, by the way. I had a grandson the other day. He's absolutely beautiful, and I'm super excited for that stage of my life. Cool adventure. I'm a grandpa, Grandpa Jeff, Grandpa Jeffrey, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, love you guys, man. Take care.